man, here we are on a Friday afternoon, jamming on the one. Man, I, you know, I, I really want to write a musical. What would it be about? This is actually serious. I've thought about writing a musical about Black Wall Street. I think that'd and, be very good. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like it would be very good. Actually, would be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, ben, this no is not a good podcast cold right. open joke because I know. it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's like you've, the next thing would be pretty You've taken what is in essence supposed to be the comedic opening right. to the podcast <laughs> and posited, but what if I did something good? <laughs> or, or get this, I can work on the okay. sequel of the Michael Jackson glove movie. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's, we're now tiptoeing into <laughs> comedy territory. Hey, yeah. Have we gotten any updates on that thing? I, do we need updates? <laughs> I don't know if I want updates. I want to follow this super closely. <laughs> I need Keep to the know. Finger on the pulse of the Glove Love movie. I need to know. Sure. Okay. Well, all right. Fine. Let's. We're doing this. Okay. <laughs> the most recent update is December fourth. It's the Hollywood Reporter. Okay. All right. And it says the headline. Okay. Michael Jackson musical will blame <laughs> sex abuse allegations on Virgin Boy Blood Glove. <laughs> There is a horrifying Michael Jackson puppet in the in the thumbnail. Oh what? It's just them still grappling with the reality that this is happening. Oh, okay. It's pretty much they pretty much do the same bit that we did last time where they go through the synopsis mm-hmm. of the show and are like, we are reeling. Okay, so nothing has changed yet, ladies and gentlemen. Just we're gonna keep uh our pulse, our finger on the pulse of this Michael Jackson movie and we will continue to give the updates as it uh <laughs> Okay, so I guess this is an update. Okay, oh, Love here it is. now has a name. Oh, shit. What's the name? What do you guess what the name is? Oof. Uh, blanket? I don't know. Thrahil. Ah. I'm not even kidding. That stop. is how it is punctuated. <laughs> you stop it right now. I had to double check, double check, just to make sure it was true. T H R H I L hyphen L H A. Thrahil. Hala. Thrahil. Hala. Thrahil. Laha. Yeah, I can't even fucking do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Who's going to voice? him now now he, how much money do they have who can they can they get a big star jerry minor from saturday night live oh and mr show will be voicing the glove oh wow two people and eric b anthony will be playing michael jackson who i think is the star of the lion king broadway production eric b anthony mike for a second there i thought you're gonna say eric andre <laughs> that would be out there <laughs> That would. <laughs> he would do some shit like that. 100%. Like, I'm not even kidding, dude. Yeah. This puppet is horrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. <laughs> you heard it here first, friends. We have the latest scoop on this horror masterpiece to rival Ari Aster's finest work. Oh, and it will be uh, Broadway, right? So I know that they were shooting for an L.A. theatrical release. At least, like, I think it's going to be a live show. They were going to do it in L.A. Okay. Well. That's it. That's the only update. That's. Well, that, I mean, that's yeah. all you really need, though, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. They're actually getting names attached to this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It might actually be pretty good. Who knows? I don't think so. <laughs> but who knows? No. <laughs> it's, just, it's a no from me, fam. It's a no from me, fam. Well, now you you have it here. If you if you want more information on the Michael Jackson movie and our off Broadway show, uh, you know what? Tune in to Too Many Flicks. We're gonna get started with our actual podcast now. <laughs> Please <laughs> make me stop looking at this. <laughs> Hello, 
everyone out there in podcast land. We are back with another EP that is shorthand for episode of Too Many Flicks. Indeed. Uh, we're talking don't expect about, me to rap. It's not going to happen. Not, <laughs> not going to happen. It's not happening. Zero. This is an episode. This is an episode, guys. Uh, 49, one away for 50 because math. Uh, <laughs> we can't wait. That's the way counting works. That's the way counting works. We've been doing this for quite some time now. We're glad to have you here with us. Uh, and uh, we're going to tell you who the fuck we are. Who are you? My name's Ian. And I'm Ben. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, we go over movie trailer news. We go over movie news. We go over comic book movie news. We talk about, you know, streaming platforms and maybe movies that we've seen. And we will review them for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do some trivia at the end if time permits. Yeah. Uh, but we're ready to kick it off, guys, and jump right on in. Let's get this ball rolling. Hell yeah. Tasty. Tasty. Trailer. Trailer. Mm, that's good that's real good all right fam we are kicking off this tasty trailer segment with the jesus rolls it's coming out february 28th it's directed by john Turturro, and it's starring john Turturro, bobby cannavale audrey totu and john ham plus susan sarandon sarandon what up and there's not a whole lot that's said about the plot just yet but it is a spinoff of the popular character jesus uh from the big lebowski and that's it it's gonna focus on jesus quintana so yeah it it looks like a fun fucking time it does it looks like a fun time i still have no idea what the fuck it's about not at all zero yeah like jesus meets whoever bobby cannavale is playing in Mm. prison they sort of buddy up john ham is some sort of criminal that like they try to steal his car or something and he pulls him into some sort of underworld thing it's not entirely clear but it looks I mean, the cast is doing it for me. Yeah, it looks like a movie that you'll not only see in theaters, but you'll also buy. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, on your shelf. That was what I was saying off, uh, off air. Yeah, this, uh, this looks like a, a fun time. Again, like you stated before, I don't know what's really going on. I just know he's getting out of jail. Um, in some certain shen- um, shenanigans pop off. They do <laughs> pop. There are yeah. shenanigans that appear to be popping off. There's a lot of there's a lot of use of this one little tiny handgun, and mm. I'm not sure if it's the same one or if they have just multiple. But, I mean, Jesus is shooting it. John Hamish. Everyone is shooting this tiny gun. Yeah, I know. Maybe that has some significance. Yeah, so Perhaps. The uh, Big Lebowski has become a franchise now. So... <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's written by John Turturro too. I looked into right. it, wondering if the Cohen brothers were attached in any way. And as far as I can tell, they were just sort of like, "We like you, John. Just fucking take the character." They, they didn't they gave have any part in this. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting thing. This yeah. little spinoff that he wanted to do. Very different. Very very different. Ah, I'm curious. I I don't know if this is gonna shape up be anything good. But mm-hmm. again, the cast is doing it for me, and it looks like a, a butt ton of fun. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I think that's really all we can say about it i think it, we need like a second trailer really to kind of i yeah i would want to know more before i talk too much about it there seems to be some sort of cross-country element they're driving around in cars a lot it, this could be fun and it could be you know just a little bit of a miss uh, tutoro has only directed a handful of films he's a prolific indie actor he takes he takes smaller more interesting projects than most you might mm. say um but yeah as a writer director you know he he has received mixed acclaim so I, i'm interested to see if if this one's if this one lands yeah. like sticks to landing or if uh you know like it was a good effort yeah we'll see uh well let's uh move forward here with uh, a very interesting trailer <laughs> and uh honestly i'm low-key 
key here for it. Uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, it comes out May the 15th, so it's kind of soon. It's directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman. Um, it's starring Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, Marisol Nichols, uh, Max Mingala, and Zoe Palmer. A sadistic mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral, the terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. So, little background on this. Chris Rock is executive producing. He did, um, did not write it, but he did come up with a story that he pitched um and we have we have uh josh stolberg and peter goldfinger who wrote it um with the help of chris rock i think he had an idea about it and yeah he wanted to contribute um Um, so here's the thing that i've heard i've heard some theories i've watched some youtube uh shows that do reviews of of the nature one being um double toasted they have problems but sometimes they actually do have fun and they're humorous but anyway that's besides the point the point is one of them on i forget the name of the 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 panelist referred to or said that potentially this could be the leaders of are the 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 students of the saw guy himself acting revenge on unjust cops and um police brutality um so it could be commentary on that especially with chris rock involved i feel like there definitely are might be some racial undertones here and that could actually be really cool i think saw lends itself to that i think a lot of times saw doesn't quite execute um it's some of their stories well i know the second one people kind of like the first one's okay then after that they kind of get muddled but it 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 is a really interesting concept and i think if you go down that route we're getting into like jordan peele territory and like other meaningful like horror movies so i think that's kind of i think chris rock may have been inspired by peele and others who once were comedians doing something a little bit more serious like also danny mcbride who did the halloween uh reboot and trying to turn it into something with a little bit more gravitas and weight so i i think this could be really cool (laughs) yeah all right here's the thing i'm willing to bet that the trailer had more reveals than the movie actually will just because at least two or three times on this trailer i was like well excuse me right who's in this right like you get like a minute and change in and then samuel jackson just like comes into the fucking trailer and you're like no oh right okay okay we're doing this we're doing this now right this isn't just like some like weird off we're doing this samuel jackson's in your movie you're fucking doing something you, there's you're, a you're in this shit of some guy yeah you can't there is no whether it's a good or bad film there is no like middle of the road film that just has samuel jackson in it. oh no you just no. can't get him into a middle of the road film so this this could be either really good or really bad i like that theory they definitely do touch on uh like for some reason these people are targeting cops mm-hmm. uh i'm wondering if there is some significance to the spiral i would hope so considering it's the name of your movie right yeah that being said both peter goldberg and josh strolberg stolberg and goldfinger excuse me this dude's name is really fucking goldfinger okay um <laughs> it is some of their more prominent writing credits include piranha 3d Ooh. piranha 3 double d oh god no good luck chuck oh god i will say this peter goldfinger uh was one of the lead writers on jigsaw so he is not unfamiliar with this yeah. universe never saw jigsaw but from what i understand it was at least better than some of its uh yeah kind of predecessors back, got back to truth yeah. okay that's what i heard too loosely um i mean okay but they also do have the benefit of i think someone who is actually a pretty decent writer when he wants to chris rock um he's overseeing it i don't think he would i don't think he would i mean he does do some adam sandler movies yes but that's for money and i think he's a i think this is almost a passion project for him so i would like to think that there is nuance here and i get why they didn't show too much of the potential story as well especially if it's going to be racially charged um and uh juxtaposition between cops and civilians uh they want to sneak this in (laughs) and 
that's clever marketing strategy, personally, for people who probably love Saw for other reasons, um, to really hit the home that message. But uh, I don't, man. I, yeah, I will th- say, I will say yeah, this. Yeah. Something that I appreciated was that it seemed to, and maybe this was just purely the marketing tactic and or ploy, but it did seem to focus more on being sort of a crime thriller yes. than it did being all about the torture. Like, literally, we don't see any hint of any sort of torture until approximately the last 30 to 20 seconds when, of course, he's got to say it. Samuel Jackson says, you want to play a motherfucking game? Right, yeah. And then we're like, oh, it's like a jigsaw. Right, and you yeah. see, like, the engines purring and, like, and, like the chains, like, somebody whirring around. And, like, yeah, yeah, someone get, getting yanked around. Um, Darren Lynn Postman is uh, an interesting director, to say the least. He's got a little bit of a cult following because he was the director of Repo, the genetic opera, which mm. uh, is very divisive. I have friends whose opinions I respect that do very much enjoy that movie. And I have friends whose opinions I respect that feel very much on the opposite end oh, of boy. that regard. That's the only thing of his that jumped out to me. The rest are kind of low-key, like, B-slasher movies. No offense, that's more B-slasher movies than I've done. Right, exactly. Um, who knows? I'm curious. It it does... It Something that struck me about it was the very, like, heavy filtered images that I associate with Saw, mm-hmm. where it's like they use these very warm filters for half the movie and then, like, blue filters for the rest of the movie. And yeah. it's like you're in the cold parts, right, the, yeah. the murder parts. You definitely uh, get that. So it definitely... It looked... It it looked like a Saw movie too, which I'm sure was a conscious choice because yeah. I'm curious to know if this was its own thing and then someone was like, oh, but we could tie it into the Saw movies and get a bigger market that way. Potentially. In the same way that the Cloverfield Paradox was supposed to be a standalone film. Right. And then Netflix bought it and was like, oh no, like what if we set it in the Cloverfield universe? Like, ah, I, I, I kind of feel like this is that sort of deal. Mm, could be. It put, it's potential that that is what it is. I think... It could be an idea from Chris, and they were like, but tie it in the saw, and he was like, well, fine, whatever, give me money. Uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of interesting shots, though. Some really cool shots, honestly. And the music at the beginning was really interesting as well. That shot when they um, they go into the church was really interesting, I thought. Um, just a lot of religious uh, symbolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Chris Rock enters, I think, like, a tr- the, he enters a church and just see... Are you talking about that railway? The first time that it's, like, no, no. blue, and, like, you see the body? Like, no, not that one. It's He actually enters a church. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I I see it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very brief, but yeah, he's entering the church and there is some sort of gathering of folks. I'm willing to bet that they think one of the spiral killers is there. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe they're all. Maybe they're killers. all in there. Yeah. There seems to be some sort of. I interpreted it as a robbery at one point. There's a bunch of dudes in ski masks mm, with like a, a circle circular saw yeah. cutting open some sort of door. I'm not sure what that could be. Again, that's what made me feel like this was more of a crime thriller than some sort of it, torture porn horror. Kind of reminds you of Seven in a mini. Well, ways. I actually put down there is yeah. one scene in particular where there's a box. There's a box, <laughs> and Chris Rock bends down to open it. And I was like, if that's not a Seven reference, then I don't know what oh, the yeah. fuck is. There's a lot of this is this is almost like the Joker trailer when there was like a lot of references to Scorsese's movies. It's a lot of references sure. to like thriller sure. um, directors David Lynch and like this, <laughs> honestly just a lot of references to that. Also, maybe what's another uh, good horror? Th- 
oh also signs of the lambs as well there, there's a there's just a lot of of love it seems like at least it seems in the in this trailer alone there's a lot of what was, like what a love was Lynch letter to you for you i'm curious um david lynch did seven no that's david, david fincher sorry 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 i'm so I was sorry i say lynch is a very specific style. oh my god that nothing was lynchy <laughs> i meant fincher god damn it sure no that i could see that a little but bit more both yeah both very prominent directors in the they're 90s. both very popular david <laughs> yeah you know what we i mean like you our know, davids like, here on too many flicks definitely not fucking david lynch <laughs> that shit would have been wild <laughs> that's why i sat there for a yeah. second i was sort of pondering i was like lynch what? i could have sworn i would have dubbed something that's crazy <laughs> i didn't see that you sure <laughs> yeah it was just very long pauses and people were just looking at each other <laughs> like, that's what i was i was about I was like, <laughs> maybe some weird hairstyles or some something weird like hairstyles yeah. 100 david fincher I, I am so sorry but uh, a lot of david fincher a lot of um i don't who directed who directed um hannibal like the silence of jonathan dem or demi i think it's dem yeah. did uh Silence of the Lambs. Right. So this is pretty much a love letter to a lot of those thriller, um, intense, suspenseful movies. Uh, yeah, but there is a possibility that this movie could absolutely fucking fall flat on its face. It's a risk. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's I think it's risk. very interesting, especially with Rock, Chris Rock producing and starring in it. That's really cool. I'm glad that you put down the David Fincher vibes because I did feel like there's like an essence of Zodiac in it, kind of. Yeah. Not quite, but like yes. I, I do see where you're coming from with like this Fincher esque mm-hmm. homage or nod yeah it's very much a psycho if 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 david fincher directed saw this is what you potentially could get i i hope so i hope that we get shots as dynamic and purposeful yeah. as david fincher gives because he has so much potential if it is what i think it is i'm not i'm not here to belittle people working in the right. industry because boseman again is doing far better at getting work than i am right but if we look at the track record of him to fincher like there is there is a disparity 100 100%. So if it's if he homages Finch but brings his own style, I think it's going to work. Whereas like we've seen films before where people just try to emulate yes. or like you know like recreate right. another filmmaker's work, and it's like it rings hollow at times. They don't have the same intention that the person they're trying to uh, channel does. You know, right? One hundred. Uh, again, like we said, it, it, if they can find that that nuance that we we I think they are establishing in this trailer, um, it could work. It could be very meaningful and be one of the best horror movies out this year but if they miss it by just a little bit just by the littlest bit this movie could just be boring slugfest or just like why did a db made so this is exciting uh the cinematographer attached to this is named jordan oram and right. this is actually one of their first feature-length films they've been working for many years uh their first credit credit coming in 2013 but this this along with marathon plus black bodies uh mm. is their some of their first feature length work exciting mm-hmm. you could tell it's very competent person behind the camera <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping very, so yeah very, I mean a cool lot of stuff. it was a little too brief for me to yeah. say like 100% like I think this is gonna knock me out of the water yeah like the, it was like the shots were for the most part pretty choppy there were not a lot of uh, yeah it was long very, shots but but there are moments where I was like this looks pretty decent it looks yeah d- there it is visually striking and I, I got a much greater sense of what the story was trying to do as opposed to like Jesus Rolls just for this right, like, Jesus yeah. Rolls looked fun because of its cast but didn't really i didn't really know what was going on this one i kind of know what's going on 
it's interesting. And I, I think that I do want to circle back just one last thing before we move on. Okay, we, for this, sure. We've talked about this a good bit, but you bring up that whomever the spiral killer is, is targeting, in, in theory, in theories that have been posited, targeting cops that have done bad things. At one point, we see Chris Rock in a very similar situation that is uh, uh, evoking Saw 1, where mm-hmm. he's chained to a pipe and he's given a hacksaw. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe he's we're going to see some sort of crime that Chris Rock's character committed. Oh, is that going to be shit. part of the arc? Yeah, I'm, also, I'm very this, interested. Before we move on, this also alludes to Training Day. It's a heavy Training oh, Day sure. yeah, in the beginning yeah. of the of the, of the the trailer. You know, he's yeah. asking about his family and stuff like that, and they're kind of yucking it up. Yep. But you Vet can all, cop versus yep. like old, like new, new newbie. 100%. Even has some of the same look to it. Just Yeah, so it's taken from a lot of stuff, so it'd be very interesting. Um, it's very clear story. You know what also has a very clear story? When you when you gotta go fast. When, when you establish a saga. I don't saga. know if it has... Okay, yeah, we're doing this, fam. <laughs> no, I don't know either. <laughs> we're doing this, and I think I'm gonna touch on why it's not very clear. <laughs> but fam, we're talking about Fast and the Furious 9. We yeah. have to. There's no two ways about it. That's right, baby. That's right, baby! <laughs> The Familia returns to theaters in on May 22nd, friends. It's directed by Justin Lin, and it's starring Charlize Theron, Vin Diesel, Amber Sienna, John Cena, Ludacris. John Cena! I don't even know how the song goes. We've just assaulted your ears enough, friends. Um, Dom has a brother, and he's John Cena. They're going to race some streets and strap jet plane boosters to Pontiacs. And, you know, there's some other shit. Oh, and Han is back somehow. If you, if you don't know the importance of that last plot point, don't sweat it. You haven't missed much. Because it doesn't make sense. These movies are these, these, fantastic. These movies are very fun. Yeah. I would n- I would not say that their stories are clear. Oh, got it. No. I typically know that it usually all just is like a bunch of goofs to get to like the big thing whether mm-hmm. it's like ripping a vault out of a wall in Brazil and destroying everything or god that's the only one I remember there's like one with a plane I don't know dude yeah that, I mean they kind of all run together though don't they <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They all run together. All right, this this is bonkers. Dom has a family now. That's yeah. tight. He's got a little boy. Uh, they play like you know, like the theme from the last Fast, not the last one, but the one where we had to say goodbye to Paul Walker's character, whoever mm-hmm. that is. I forget his name. Uh, here's okay. This is why it's not clear cut. So in theory, in theory, Dom and John Cena are brothers. Fast and the Furious one. Dom is literally just a street racer. Right. Like, he's really good. <laughs> at driving fast on the streets of I think it's set in LA. Uh yeah, LA That's Miami. That's what he's good at. One big a big town. Yeah, That's, he's yeah. good at driving <laughs> to the point where like he eventually acquires the skills to become like uh, effectively a fucking superhero. Why d- is his brother like trained as an MI6 agent? <laughs> like they're like they're basically out they have this like brief moment where they're outlining all of John Cena's skills to so, like so we're dealing with a master thief, a like MMA four-time black belt champion mm-hmm. assassin who can like climb walls and kick cars and shit and he's your brother like where where like did did John Cena like get into like the gifted program in the public school system right. and the parents just didn't give a shit about Dom like yeah. what happened for these two brothers to go down such separate routes only for it all to circle back around like maybe there's a divorce somewhere. maybe there's a divorce separate, somewhere can, I really custody? hope that this is really just a Kramer versus Kramer vehicle in right. disguise like we're just gonna get a nice <laughs> family courtroom drama about the horrors 
of marital schisms for children in relationships. Where like, is it? Yeah. Please. I'm mad these motherfuckers ain't in space yet. What y'all doing? What, what, what's, <laughs> what's taking what's you taking so, so long? long? I guarantee you it's going to be like fa- the Fast 10 and there will be cars in space. Elon Musk got a car into space before Fast and Furious. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's right. a problem for your franchise. You need to right. address that. Does this movie have the same amount of movies as the Harry Potter franchise? How many? How it's many? got more. More. Oh, no, no. no yeah, because no. there's seven. It, there, so there are eight Harry Potter films because okay. fuck studios. Right. Um, And then there's two more additional fantastic beasts. Oh, so technically, so technically de- no. depending on how you're looking at it, if we're looking at the Wizarding World brand, there are ten. Oh. If we're looking at the Harry Potter saga, there are eight. Oh, so, and this also, we're at the same amount of movies as Star Wars is. This, Think this about that, film guys. has the same amount of like, <laughs> films in its anthology as the Skywalker saga. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm as bold to say this. I think this might end on a higher note than. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take. I, don't think I think that that's that sad. is. A... What world are we living in? <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? I, but here's the thing. This right. also isn't the conclusion to the saga. Like oh, no. this, the, 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 this the next one's supposed to be maybe. N- I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that look was like nigga, please. <laughs> no, stop. It's, it's never gonna stop making these right. fucking movies <laughs> just because they're getting paid too right. much. Uh, they'll say that, oh, this may be the conclusion, but uh, then there'll be an 11th one exactly. two years. Exactly. Well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, come witness the fastest the conclusion to the <laughs> furious saga ever. <laughs> they're fast 10. And it's going to be like, they're going to wait three years. Right, yeah. And they're going to be like, you thought they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> we're back, bitches. Uh, yeah, like, it's um, like. First of all, I don't understand something that you keep saying is, how did you see John Cena at all in any of this? That's, I. I didn't see him at all. <laughs> I felt him. Oh, like okay. A, like yeah, like okay. a uh, like a drop kick to the face. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, you I just sensed it. Feel that John Cena was somewhere right. in what was happening because he's listed as being in the cast, but I couldn't see him at all. It was conf- I was confused. Sure. Yeah, that's right. understandable. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting move to put someone uh, invisible into a visual medium. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, strong choice. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the joke is so old, but I love it. <laughs> so uh, Helen Mirren's in this. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, Helen Mirren's in this. Helen Mirren. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is she doing? She is <laughs> coming to tussle. She is ready oh, for this. Oh my <laughs> Dame Helen Mirren. That's something that I love about both this and Spiral is that they just drop like two of the most like <sighs> random but perfect faces into their trailers like it ain't shit. Like right. they don't make it a moment. No. Nope. It's like Helen Mirren just sort of fades in and is like, dumb, you need to be careful this is your brother he's da 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 and like that's it like they're like oh yeah helen mirren like what well, yeah, yeah. like, like bitch helen mirren <laughs> dane helen yeah. mirren yeah just came onto our sc- stop she probably in it for like five minutes too she got that check she, she got, got that, that fucking bag that bag give me that bag so minutes. i can go back to my fucking castle i i will not be satisfied until they can get daniel day lewis out of retirement to be in one of these fucking <laughs> goddamn <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. This is like, no, this is like the monkeys writing Hamlet on right. a typewriter scenario. Right. You know, like, yeah. if you make enough Fast and the Furious movies, right. eventually 
eventually it's gonna win an Oscar. Uh, eventually it will. Uh, the statistics say that eventually right. it might take a hundred. I'm not saying it it's gonna be an easy battle. It will be an uphill battle the whole way. Right. Are you, statistically yeah. or Christian Bale or Christian, do it. Christian Bale could do it. I'm just saying statistically we're on route for a Fast and the Furious Best Picture nomination. I want David Lynch to direct one of these. Not Fincher. Lynch. You heard it here I first. I don't know what that would look like. That It would be like some weird thing where like they meld with the car and like the headlights are like screaming faces and Dom's got like eraser head hair. Family, family, family. Uh, it's just... <laughs> I I would be intrigued to see what that stylization uh, yeah, would Tyler be. Tyler Perry, I, he'll give he'll give it. he'll give Dama ridiculous wig. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, Dom has an afro. <laughs> just like I just yeah. I mean, oh oh, I don't know, man. Uh, this is okay. Yeah, Han is back. Oh yeah, we can't even. And we need to that. touch on why this makes no sense, fam. If you're not familiar with the Fast and the Furious franchise, Fast and the Furious Three was simply called Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Hans was a main character in it. Is it Han or Hans? It's Han. Who, by the way, fun fact: his last name is actually Solo. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. It white. Get the fuck out of here. Stop. So yeah, he Ian, has three you names. Shut up. I, right I'm now. dead serious. They don't actually ever say it but at one point they show like his like file or whatever and his name is han Seoul, like the capital of south korea oh, oh. han Seoul. oh well, um guess what he gets to come back to life the actual he gets han Solo to come does not. back to life at the end of the fast and the furious 3 which is actually fast and the furious 6 in chronological order <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just said is ridiculous. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can't say that these are clear-cut stories, Ben. Fuck. <laughs> 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 the third movie that is the sixth story. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he's a supporting character in this movie. <laughs> And uh, he gets into a car wreck and presumably dies. But then it's revealed that not no, only no, does not he only does die, he get in a car wreck, the, yeah, it, yeah. it explodes. <laughs> it's not an accidental car wreck the way that the third movie makes it look like. In the sixth movie, it's revealed that it was a very intentional car wreck. Right. And Jason Statham, who is a bad man at first, right? He's he's Shaw, right? He's Deckard Shaw. Yeah. Deckard Shaw has a bone to pick with Toretto. He knows that Han Solo is a member of his <laughs> familia. <laughs> <laughs> he purposefully wrecks this dude's car and then lights his car on fire and says, like, you don't know who I am, Toretto, but you will soon. And that is the end of the sixth movie. Which is fucking weird because he's working with Hobbs now and he's a good guy, but he literally murdered, well, we, so we thought, Han. So we thought. But how does Han get out of that car when it's bungled up and he can't move? We don't know. And that's why there are a bunch of theories. I've heard that Han will be, like, part robot. I have legitimately heard that. I've heard that this is the start of the program where so Idris Alba in Hobbs and Shaw is the villain and he is a super soldier sent from the future to the past to release a virus that will kill off all the weak people. Right. Deadass. Like he essentially has a eugenics virus or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. And there's a theory that this entire program that is alluded to in Hobbs and Shaw will play a part in this current one. I'm sorry. At one point someone catches a car. It's so brief. Yep. But in, 
in this trailer, like someone smashes a car at another person, said car that gets smashed. While this person, okay, this person is riding on top of a car. There are three cars in this scenario. <laughs> but someone standing on top of a car, I think it's Toretto. They're standing on top of a car. Let's call that car one. Okay, I'm here. We're, we're with you. Car two is the smasher. Car two is driving parallel to car one with car three in the middle. And the Toretto character is standing on top of car one. Car three smashes into car two. Car two, the smashy, somehow, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how the physics of this work, but spirals up into the air like a perfectly thrown football. And as it spirals up into the air, careening towards the Toretto-esque figure standing on top of car one, they catch it. Like they put their hands up and just like... And, like, it cuts real quick, so we don't see them, like, push it back or if they just, like, somehow lift it over their heads or something. Or maybe they simply do some sort of, like, I don't know, like, martial arts thing where they, like, tap their hands on it and do the sort of, like, you know, like, the waterfall. Use your opponent's force against you. But they're still doing that with the fucking car. This this franchise makes me simultaneously so (laughs) giddy and angry. You ever think we'll get an explanation as to why physics don't work in in, in this universe? Well, I I honestly do think that we are going to see some sort of... Sort of like super soldier enhancement program that either John Cena has partook in or like ter- like Han has partook in and uh, Toretto and gang will themselves have to partake in it just to justify how fucking obnoxiously invulnerable they are to right. any sort of negative consequence. They got to add some element of uh, mysticism or like some mystical element, right? At a certain point, you have to be like, this is why you, you get so lucky. You guys have chance on your side. Luck has been imbued upon you or some, something. Something. I don't know. I'm just keep thinking too logically. Mind, but. Keep in mind, this dude was just an LA street racer. Right. And the trailer concludes with him driving at a bridge that is no longer there, a rope bridge. And the pers- his partner in the car with him is rightfully like, Dom, there's no bridge. And he's like, I got it. And like, <laughs> yeah, he just fucking like hooks his car's right. wheel just into wild. the bridge. I, what you're saying is, at the end of this, we will get uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury lay down a, a file and be like, I need you, motherfuckers, for an adventure. <laughs> for the Iron Man's fast fucking five dead. Adventure. Yeah, <laughs> I need someone new to lead up this fucking team I'm putting yeah. together. Steps like, through a portal, like I need a team together. Better yet, a family. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> oh God! Yep, that's yep, it. That's it. That's the only, like, the only logical explanation I'll need. The real question is, how many movies will it take for John Cena to become a good guy? Ooh, one. One. He'll probably be a good guy at the end of this. That's a good point. At the end of this, he probably will help out his brother. I'm 100% positive on this. Uh, there's no... Because he's marketable as a good guy. He is... Absolutely. That's the like his good whole brand. Guy. It's his brand. So there's going to be a misunderstanding between siblings. Eventually, they'll iron it out by some stupid, toxic fight sequence. <laughs> um, and they'll be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just never understood you. And John's going to be like, yeah, I know. No, no, no. I was like, I'm going to hug it out. No, we'll hug it out. And let's really take down Shirley Theron because women are bad. And so... <laughs> So, yeah, there you go. That's it. And they'll live happily ever after. You know what? I kind of, I wish, though, this... If I had any criticism, like, of this movie, there are several criticisms, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a popcorn flick. Okay, we'll deal with that. Uh, let people stay dead, though. That it, You can still have fun and be entertaining, but let people stay dead, guys. Come on. Like, it means so much. Like, just like, oh, yes, she died. Or, yo, yes, he died. And they're dead now. They're dead. It's fine. You can still have a fun movie. It just adds more gravitas to your movie. But when you bring people back, it's just like, then why are we invested? You know what I mean? That, if 
if I, yeah I, I mean that's know. how I feel about comic book movies yes I guess I suppose so yeah I, I guess comic movies are have that same thing even in comics period that's been a running trope a running issue with comic books period sure um, but they're frank about what they are you know what I mean Fast and the Furious is not quite frank about they have yet to be like we have superpowers <laughs> they, they try that's to pretend fair, like they're yeah. in the real world be like no you're not guys come on just admit it I think if you admitted it just like yeah this is ridiculous then a lot of it can be excused that you bring people back blah 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 but you're in the real world supposedly with where physics don't make sense <laughs> you gotta pick one or the other yeah there i i might actually see this in theaters yeah i might too i don't i full disclosure yeah i have never seen a fast and the furious movie you've seen fast five eh? i've seen zero fast and the furious movies unless i was blackout drunk just oh. don't remember fast five they're fun i i'm sure they're fun because i've listened to every podcast and like video essay under the sun like that deconstructs just how fuck bonkers movies are right i i am so curious that this might actually get me to go see a fast and the furious movie in the theater i, I this is fucking weird dude yeah they do need to be better about women that is an issue it's oh, a problematic yeah. issue yeah um but with that being said the movies are entertaining as fuck they're super entertaining um yeah you should you should watch it you should have we should have a fast and the furious marathon we just sit down and we watch fast and the furious if we must yeah it's worth it 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 is it, it's <laughs> it's a it's a decent franchise yes people come back to life that is annoying for me but it is what it is but i think we should move on though since we we've talked about yeah we've got yeah. a lot of ground to cover yeah we do all right all right here we go guys this just in extra extra read all about it all right, first thing that is up in the news portion of our podcast is something that might be considered crazy as hell, but we're all here for it. Nicolas Cage's next movie will star Nicolas Cage as, get this, Nicolas Cage trying to star in a Tarantino movie titled The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, thank you, Justin Kirkland at Esquire. Um, well, I don't even know where to begin, Ian. <laughs> this is a, a ballsy-ass film, but I fucking, I love, I love just how fucking irrelevant reverent it is because yep. so kind of like adaptation almost here, here okay here we go this is this is a it is a little adaptationist i got like some fucking charlie kaufman as fuck vibes from it but here here is the the premise as such that is known the upcoming film okay. can't even get through the upcoming film stars cage as nicholas cage trying to land a role in a quentin tarantino movie but also trying to repair the strained relationship with his daughter cage stars as an egotistical version of 97 in his heyday. There is a fake Nicolas Cage somewhere in this mix. Oh boy. Because, okay, so oh god, I'm, it's so convoluted I'm trying to, I'm trying to like read through it and parse it out. Um, so Nicolas Cage plays himself, but also plays a younger version of himself. I'm not sure who is the real one here, but the two share scenes together in the film. Oh boy. Strapped for cash, fake Cage agrees to appear in a Mexican billionaire giant fan's birthday party, but soon discovers that the man is a drug cartel kingpin who has kidnapped the daughter of a Mexican presidential hopeful. What? Soon after, in an attempt to save the kidnapped victim, stop a drug lord, and regain the affection of his own daughter and ex-wife, Fake Cage and this drug lord write a script that begins to mirror reality. Oh my god. The script was written by uh, Tom Gormican and Kevin Eaton or Etten, I'm not sure which, E-T-T-E-N, sorry Kev. Um... <clears throat> 
Gormican himself actually presented it to Cage, unsure of whether or not he would take the project. Like, they wrote this script together and were like, we did this for you. You want right. it? <laughs> wow. And yeah, Cage was apparently on board. He's like, yeah, I'll step right the fuck in. Wow, yeah, because of course he would be. This reminds me also of John, being John Malkovich. <laughs> There's a little element of John right. Malkovich in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to come out in 2021. That's when it's slated for release. Oh, great. This... Like, the premise is fucking bonkers, but I love that Nicolas Cage and co, like, the, the, the story itself was born of two writers that already admire the way over the fuck, like, over the top fucking, like, things that Nick Cage films already deal with. So it's coming from that pa- place of love. And so I'm really excited to see just what this product looks like. And if Quentin Tarantino is going to have any involvement at all, because it's a very specific God. choice to I have know. him trying I to know. land a Quentin Tarantino role. He definitely definitely will have involvement in this <laughs> i'm hoping so i hope he at least see a, a cameo <laughs> just like, something because that like and i think that that's what adds something like you told me the premise is nick cage playing nick cage trying to star a role as nick cage in a film from a filmmaker i'd be like right. okay that right. sounds fucking out there nick cage is nick cage i'm i'm on board but you tell me nick cage is nick cage trying to play nick cage <laughs> in a quentin tarantino movie <laughs> and i'm like oh this is different oh yeah this is something special like that that tarantino is just that extra little kick that the 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 pitch needs i'm you surprised know? they haven't worked together honestly a little bit yeah right? that kind of a little bit it kind of would fit and i think you'd probably get a fantastic performance out of nick cage too. absolutely are you kidding me yeah that who knows that's <laughs> that's a, a fucking bonkers ass story that we have for you but i guess you should move on until we can until we see it indeed indeed all right what's our next topic bruno mars has recently been signed by disney to star in and write music for some undisclosed Disney feature. Hunchback. (laughs) I would actually be about a funky ass hunchback. Make it happen. Like, you know, like ring the bells. Don't, 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 don't ring the bells. (laughs) You better ring the bells. Hunchback and I ain't care. Hunch back. Who got your back? (laughs) (laughs) Running all up and down the stairs. (laughs) No, uh, I have no idea what the the fuck this is. is (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what this is. Zero. I can't even wait to know. It must be original story. It has to be. I'm willing to bet that cartoon animals are going to feature into it somehow. I just get, I just get a vibe. Did they say if it's a live action, or did they say he's just going to be in it? It's completely undisclosed. We just know that it will be a music forward story. I'm going to double check the article, but. So, okay, so, okay. Then we can probably surmise that it will be animated, maybe? That's, Possibly so that's in the sort of what of I was like, thinking, yeah. yeah. Especially because like Bruno Mars may be a very charismatic musician, right, yeah. but there's no proof, per se, that he's a good actor. Right. Which is why you would probably want to have him star in an animated film, because you're yeah. utilizing you, his voice, which is already and you fantastic. Can, and with that, you can also work with him and Precisely. get a performance de- like uh, via vocalist, vocals, period. And something you can probably understand, because he's a, he's a singer. You know, like, hey, maybe not hit that tone. Maybe hit a different, you know, 
know, he can that that can translate and resonate with him more so than being um, in a live action film. Because <laughs> I don't think Disney is clever enough and has a lot of money invested in their movies that they're not going to be like, okay, this is your first time doing a feature length that we're not going to make you. <laughs> so he yeah. actually has lent his voice to other animated things there you in go. the past. There you go. That he apparently sense. had some involvement with Rio too. Okay. I've seen neither of the Rios, but they're actually pretty decent. From what I, I hear, like the first one's actually very pretty and not a bad story either. There you go. It's yeah. great. It's good to know. Hopefully yeah. Rio 2 Rio, Rio two clearly caught someone's attention uh, and they brokered this deal and uh, we gotta see. Go. I'm thinking that he's gonna play like a smooth as fuck chipmunk or something. Yeah, probably. Gonna be b- big musical. Um, maybe you get, um, is it Mark Bronson who is the, uh, who he collaborated with Uptown Funk and I think um, 24 Karat? Oh, maybe. Because that's th- that collaboration with Uptown Funk is why you got all that funk, that funky ass. Bow, bow, that's true. Bow, bow. Yep, it's Mark Bronson. He did Uptown funk with uh bruno mars on the vocals there you go there you go so yeah i mean it's it's gonna be a funky fun time hopefully it's 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 a risk but i think they they must have a story that they feel comfortable with moving forward it's disney and i, I kind of trust them you kind of have to at this point right i mean yeah they they've got they've got the money and the game plan apparently because they just keep it, they i hate to say that everything they do is good but like a lot of it is better than i want it to be yeah you yeah, know it's just the nature of it all right let's move on to the next and final topic here maggie gyllenhaal to play elvis presley's mother in Bass Lerman's biopic, Justin Kroll at Variety. Woo, Bass Lerman and Elvis and his mama. Oh, who's going to play Elvis? You know, but I don't want to take away from Maggie Gyllenhaal. I mean, she's great. I think she's going to, this could potentially, this could, do you think this might be a musical? Bass Lerman. I think they'll add a lot of elements of oh, Elvis's music. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's, that's intriguing. This could potentially lead to an Oscar nod. I hate, I mean, like, depending on when it drops, let's be honest, it's probably going to drop sometime in December. <laughs> Um, that's probably what they want. That's probably why they got Maggie Gyllenhaal to uh, in it. They know she has the chops. When you're dealing with something as sensitive as this, um, especially with the Presley estate and everything like that, uh, you can expect uh, least a great deal of effort to produce. So I, 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 I'm intrigued. I mean, I don't care for Elvis. I go so far as to say I don't really like any of his shit. <laughs> um, but he has a story, and so does his mom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know there are a million valid critiques under the sun of how stolen appropriated yep the style from artists of color mm-hmm. and essentially just like whitewashed it so that it was palatable to a primarily racist white immunity yeah you can't get the excuse of oh well that was back in the day well you know have the courage to uh you know put people on yeah, <laughs> like, yeah and you just like yep. call it how it is like yep. that's the way sure it was back in the day but you know what they were back in the day right. uber racist like, right we're like still grappling with racism and colonialism today but guess what back right. then they were like uber racist like it was right. cool to be racist yeah, it was. That's not cool. Yeah, it's we not know cool. That. It's not cool. You can switch your appropriation to appreciation when you put there other you people go. on. There you <laughs> go. That's like that's a fucking phrase. Right, I yeah. like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Understand your privilege. Put other people on of color, and then you can we can all enjoy the music. Um. Yeah. But anyway, it, it, it comes. Uh. Yeah. I don't, how, how do you feel about Maggie Gyllenhaal as his mother and and the, the collaboration with Baz Luhrmann? Um. So it's interesting. The Variety article in particular that I found this piece of news in, they do a side by side of Hall and his mother and they've definitely Hollywooded her up. They have made her uh, much more attractive, clearly, because Maggie Hall is just an attractive visual. Yeah. But it is kind of there in the face shape. Like, they both have, like, very pronounced cheekbones. Like, they're both very yeah. cheek-forward individuals. Uh, I think this is a solid choice and Maggie Hall is a remarkably talented former. Apparently, Elvis's mother was a big part of his life and so she will also be a very central focus of the film. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I think, you tell me Baz Luhrmann 
it's going to do an Elvis Presley biopic? Fuck yeah. Like, you know, again, not my favorite performer either, right. but Baz has such a, a distinct style and always brings a very, very clear vision. Whether or not it's palatable to everyone, that's, like, you know, debatable. But he, you, you can't say the dude doesn't execute what he wants to do. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely, um, you could tell it came from his brain. He, he was able to translate that to his crew and his cast, despite me not even liking Moulin Rouge. I don't care for it. Um, but you know what? He had a clear vision. He did that thing, and people love it. So um, He's working with longtime collaborator Craig Pierce on uh, the script. Hey. They did Romeo and Juliet together. They did The Great Gatsby. Right. They did your favorite Moulin Rouge. Oh, boy. You know what? A, a, a quick aside. Uh, let's talk about Moulin Rouge. <laughs> For, for give me 15 seconds. Moulin Rouge is trash, guys. I'm sorry. I I, I know you guys might hate that, but like it's a G, I hate jukebox musicals, and I don't think any of them particularly can sing, but I love me some, um, God, what's his name? Um, Ewan? You, I love me some Ewan McGregor. So there you go. There you have it. So you can get off me. All right, back to, uh, back I was about to say, everyone's allowed to have their trash, Ben. Yeah, they like, are. You know, like we have our trash. Oh, we 100% have you our trash. You owned War on DVD for a long time. I did. I didn't necessarily like war that's a good point but i had it i don't that's know why true. i don't know who gave that to me actually did i buy that <laughs> i think i, I bought it and i was like this could be interesting and it was not but i had it you took a shot yeah 100 percent shot uh, a shot yeah but there are several trash movies that i love that i'm just like yeah i, I love that movie yeah. i love it yeah uh collision course with jay leno and um <laughs> and pat um uh, the guy who plays mr miyagi <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine is cats. I am a cat fan. There you go. That's we, my trash. We all have our trash. Uh, should we move on forward to our next segment? Let's tr- trek onwards. Trek onwards. It's a bird. It's a plane. Oh, no, no, no. It's just first issue. All right, gang, at the top of first issue, we are taking a look at Sam Raimi taking over the director's chair for the Doctor Strange Multiverses of Madness sequel. Of madness. I think that this is an excellent fucking choice if he brings that level of weirdness that he brought to the, like, evil deads. Yeah. Like, that was the first thing that I thought about when this, when I heard this announcement made. I was like, oh, this dude, yeah. evil dead. And they said, they say that this isn't going to be a superhero horror movie which is frustrating for me on a lot of levels yeah but sam raimi is on record way before this decision was ever made talking about how dr strange favorite superhero always wanted to do a dr strange movie oh no yeah look now he has now he has dreams do come true kids and he's in the second movie yeah sam raimi is a boss all right sam raimi yeah sam raimi's the fucking truth this dude spider-man he's back in the marvel he's He's fucking back and i would argue that if it weren't for sam raimi's spider-man we wouldn't even have an MC. Yeah, that and, and Blade. And Blade, that's a good point too. But yeah, like these these early superhero movies, they walked so that Iron Man run. Okay? Right. Think about that. And now now one of the now one of the fathers of, of that film language is back? Fuck yeah. Oh one it, yeah. it's just very exciting news. Like uh if you can't get the director you had before, then this is like I almost think this is kind of a step up. Like Doctor Strange was an okay movie. It was fun and a lot of elements that I thought were really cool and interesting but they have sam ring that almost like an is i don't want to dis- denigrate the director before I don't scott want, derrickson i don't want i don't want to shit on scott but his sam raimi <laughs> like that's the and thing. who's who is very
very familiar with heroes in general and how to make a comic book movie work besides Spider-Man 3. But, you know, but again, with Spider-Man 3 came a lot of Sony wasn't pressuring him to do stuff and like it was a bunch of back stuff. You know what I mean? Like, well, really and I can't think help that, that that's going to be the trap that will have to be sidestepped or navigated here is studio pressure. Here's the thing, though. You kind of you have Sam Raimi, right? He's Sam Raimi. You would think so, but also... That's why Scott Dickerson left. They, yeah. yeah, they were making it so hard for him to do what he wanted. And there were the rumors that they wanted to add another hero at a late stage in the production process. There were there were, there were a lot of uh, yeah. what ifs, like mm. this may be the case. Even, even like, I, I totally agree. If you're hiring Sam Raimi, you're hiring Sam Raimi for what he brings. Let him do his Raimi thing and right. make the movie, mm. you know? That being said, Marvel, I feel like so often is like, okay, great, but we also need this, 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 and this to be accomplished in your story to the point where is the storyteller really still doing their thing if they have mm. to meet, you know, very rigid tent poles to continue setting up a massive universe? Right. I don't know. I would like to think that they would give him that, like they would have that faith in him to just be like, you know what? Yeah, fucking do it. Like we recognize you as the cinema legend that you are and we're just going to let you run with it. But I also don't know if these people that are, are you know, so big into their returns on investment are going to be that loosey-goosey about it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Ryan Coogler had a lot of freedom to do what he'd want to do with Black Panther, but I, they are also setting up. See, Black Panther had the benefit of coming in that phase later on in the phase. They weren't ex- establishing a phase. You know what I mean? They weren't establishing where the direction of the MCU, they already had the direction. Now you're mm-hmm. starting, well, I guess this would be technically phase four. You're you're setting foundations, and I guess that's why they wanted they want to keep these beginning phase four movies in check a little bit. And they're kind of pressuring because they're like, no, we need these to happen. Later on, you can do whatever you want, but right now we need it to be tight-knit, cohesive, um, and we need these certain heroes here because that later on will have the domino effect that we want. That that could sure. be it. Yeah, uh, You can't remove an, an essential part from the foundation because if you do and you build on top of the foundation with something that's essential is missing, the whole structure fall, you know, crumbles. So maybe that's what they're getting at here. But then again, Sam Raimi is better when he's just Sam Raimi and doing his Sam Raimi thing. So this is very interesting. It's very interesting because Spider-Man 1 and 2, can we just say they're some of the best movies still to this day? Oh my God, that was, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know if we'll ever get another Doc Ock. Well, that's that's a lie. I was going to say, I don't know if we'll ever get another Doc Ock as good as Spider-Man 2's, but Into the Spider-Verse's uh, Olivia was pretty good. Olivia Octavius. Yeah, yeah. She was good. But we'll live action. A, a, a live action Doc Ock. Do you think they'll try as... to get him back if they do do Doc Ock? No. You don't think so? It's going to, like... It's going to be too much. It, You're, that's that's yeah. the thing. Like, I can already hear the studio heads being like, oh, but people are going to be confused about, like, is this, like, this universe or this universe? Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. They do have um jonah jameson though jk simmons is, is definitely back. coming back no well, he is back he's in he's in the last bit of spider-man uh far from home oh uh-huh. that's also jk simmons <laughs> you know, like, yeah true you haven't seen far from home it's 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 a good time i know it's that's, a good time and i've almost bought it multiple times but it's still 25 dollars. i'm not gonna Blu-ray. lie it's probably my favorite i'm waiting for it to drop on disney plus if yeah. it is on disney plus i will happily watch it oh, but i guess so um, you it, think it, it might be, be on 
HBO or would it probably come on Disney Plus first, right? I you would think, but oh, it wasn't wait. on there last time I you looked. You know what? Disney Plus isn't going to do any Spider-Man movies because of the whole Sony thing. Because of fucking Sony. Yeah. Fuck. So you're probably going to get it on HBO before you do anything. All right. Well, I'll, I'll keep an eye out on HBO. Ah, uh, fuck. Yeah, I know. Um. Anyway, so yeah, yeah let's you want to move on to the next segment then? All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. John Krasinski is interested in starring in Fantastic Four if it happened. Thank you, Charles. Barfield at the playlist. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. And I, I don't I don't really have any insider information, but you can read the tea leaf, read a lot of articles, uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, and you, um, personality. I'm still no expert on this, but from what people are saying, that this deal is almost pretty much done. This is almost, it's to get us off the scent. Like, yeah, I'll be interested if it happens. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, we pretty much think that he would be Mr. Fantastic and um, his wife, Emily Blunt, or Emily Blunt, who happens to be his wife, will also be in this um, as Sue Storm. Um, and from there, we build our Fantastic Four with them um, at the helm. I think it's pretty much a done deal. I think, again, like this is just like, yeah, you know, he's being coy. Expect John Krasinski, unless anything were to fall through, be a part of the Fantastic Four of the MC. So if we are to take Krasinski at his word, mm-hmm. no one has approached him with any. He's heard the rumors as well that, like, you know, someone somewhere behind the MCU veil has whispered. He's like, I've heard those rumors. Right. I have not been approached in any way, but I'd be down. Mm-hmm. I think this is his way of sort of like let's make the deal done. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. All right. So if you take his word for it, maybe this is this is a, uh, a ploy. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're you're passing those letters in class to your right, crush or yeah. something. Like like did you hear John Krasinski likes you? Like uh, there's like definitely circle, been talks. Circle like right. yes or no. Like right. you know like shit like that. So like, they definitely know? talked. They definitely talked, and this is him being like, guys, let's do this. Make it happen. Stop. Captain. Give me give me. It's it's a negotiating t- tactic. This is what this is. All right. I I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Drumming up like internet support and yeah. interest and like yeah. all the retweets of like fuck yeah so he, good he probably like, saw an offer he's like i think i'm worth more than that and they're like well we'll see he's like well and now he's out in the public yeah i'd be interested in it now you just see the fervor of like we want john krasinski we need this to happen and then they're like all right john we'll, we'll give you see. that we'll give we'll you see. that five extra million that you want yeah <laughs> Hey, yeah, you get in one of these MCU movies, you're set for life. <laughs> you are set for That's fucking true. life, dude. That is very true, yeah. I would quickly retire. No, I love my job too much. But I would think about retiring if I ever got an MCU gig. Oh, I would be so choosy right, with yeah. my projects. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I would do the MCU thing, and then I would just fuck host for like oh, yeah. four years and be like, oh, that looks good. I'll do I'll do that project. Right. Every two or three years, you come out of the woodworks, you know, and it's like, exactly. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. All right, well, with that being said, I think we should move on to stream through. We... Uh, in this next segment, y'all, we have quite something, <laughs> uh, quite a delight, something very special for you guys. Is it, Ben? Yeah. It's Is a, it a delight? It's graceful. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. And now for another installment of Stream Theater. All right, guys, here is another installment of Stream Theory. Ian, want to get us kicked off here? Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Do you care for a fine Bordeaux? I have Beyond Meat burgers in the oven. Oh boy. Damn it! I ugh. <laughs> Y'all been last episode had to lay down the gauntlet, and you know we're not. We ain't one to back away from a challenge, fam. Nope. So nope. full disclosure, this movie was ingested in two installments by me. Uh, one accidental installment by Ben. Um, that we watched The Fall from Grace. Is uh the newest Tyler Perry joint? You might have heard about. You've seen all the crazy memes 
problems with the lady's hair changing shot to shot. The dude that isn't eating or drinking nothing in the background, but keeps looking at the camera for approval. Uh, there's a whole host of stuff to unpack with this particular movie. When I say I watched it in two installments, I tried to watch it the night before recording because I wanted to be a professional and take very detailed notes, and it literally put me to sleep. Um, thankfully, upon second viewing, I had my co-host's wonderful energy and laughter here to uh, keep waking me up at intermittent points when something important was happening. Uh, yeah, it's as bad as you think it is, y'all. I don't think, I don't think shit posts can accurately... Yeah, it's bad. They, I don't think they can give you all the grand scope yep. of, belo- like, I was gonna say mediocrity, but it's not even mediocrity. It's one of the worst things I think I've seen. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful, and it's batshit, and there's a third act twist? Yeah. This movie fucking twists, and it twists hard, but it's not like, you know, one of those pleasant surprises that's like, oh, and we're doing this yeah. now. It's like when the roller coaster needs to have its tracks or something oiled and it jerks you and now you have some weird funky shoulder pain for the next like two weeks because the harness hits you weird. Because there are some jerky twists in movie, uh, history. We had, sorry to bother you, it has a jerky twist, but it works. Yeah, no, yeah. it does. And yeah, that one that one is very jarring and it's like, oh, we're doing this now. But like... Yeah, but this one's not. It serves the... <laughs> story yeah this one's tepid and flaccid <laughs> it's like wait what <laughs> oh my god it's all right okay. so where do we even start where do we yeah, even start uh, e? that's do we the start the wigs the sound this. design the editing the extras let's what? start let's start at square one okay <laughs> it's called a fall from grace <laughs> Uh, oh my god, right, I can't right, believe right, that they right. tied in the intro. The intro itself is fucking, like, the most lukewarm thing I've ever seen. It is a scene that should purportedly have some of the highest stakes that you can have. Yeah. And it is the most lunchbox, lukewarm forming, mm-hmm. like, ever. Yeah. It, the, 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 the cinematography does nothing for it as well. Like, it's like, we don't care. There's yes. no interesting so, thing about it. The, the stakes in this is that... The, there is an older woman standing on the edge of a roof of what is supposed to probably be a very tall building, but it definitely looks like she's like 12 feet in the air. And then there is a young, I guess he's a police officer. I thought he was a paramedic for the longest time, but a police officer standing inside the window who will be the supporting actor in this movie. Oh God. The supportive he's actor. He's so dumb. Uh, but it's, he's so dumb. We can't touch on that yet. We gotta, we gotta get through the opening three minutes. He's standing inside. He's like sitting by, beside her inside the window like come in ma'am like you it's okay you've got stuff to live for and she's like my husband da 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 like oh god i've lost it all <laughs> and she jumps from the roof when a spotlight that's supposed to be a helicopter appears <laughs> <laughs> it is so very clearly filmed on like a stage set and this was a note that i put early on in my first viewing and we talked about this when we started viewing it it, it is very clear that tyler perry never really forget progressed beyond he never really learned the medium of film yeah he filmed his staged productions of the medea shows and then went on to make medea movies but he never specifically learned or if he did learn some of the basics he never took them to heart and didn't care to advance his knowledge of how to utilize the medium of film as opposed to theater, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. Because it, it feels like that it's filmed on, on a theater stage and the spotlight is so very clearly like a spot op in a theater. As someone who is spot opt for a show before, I was like, oh, that is yeah. definitely someone like standing in the balcony, shining a light. And the like, they're just trying to use not, not good audio editing. They're just trying no. to use audio editing to make you think that it's a helicopter. 
helicopter. Oh yeah, and it's clearly fucking that. It's also, so bad. The wind doesn't even blow. The wind. Oh my god, t- you're yeah. right. That's part of why it's yeah. so fucking weird. Is right. there is no wind. <laughs> no- oh my god. Okay, yeah. You don't yeah. even hear wind. You don't even. The sound editing doesn't even have wind in it. No, it, it's. Uh... <laughs> and so that's how the movie kicks off. <laughs> That's just, just the start, y'all. You just can't say so. And that's how it <laughs> This movie is two hours oh, long. Oh, God. Way too, 30 minutes too long. Uh, two Actually, two hours, hours too, too long. long ben. <laughs> um, I can't. <laughs> so Crystal Crystal Fox <sighs> plays our our protagonist, who I did not realize because I, right. I, I this film like makes you zone out. I never once realized that her name is Grace. Yeah. She fall fall from Grace. Yep. I just can't. I'm so fucking done already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess she's like the protagonist, but she, no, she's like supporting. Who plays? Th- oh, that's a good question. Brisha Webb, I think. Yep, I think Webb. I think it is her. Yep. Brisha Webb plays our protagonist, who is the public defender that is assigned the most controversial case in this small town in Virginia, wherein she is defending Grace, played as best she can by Crystal Fox. Yeah. Like a few of these actors are really trying, and that is yeah. what's so disheartening. But all right, so Brisha Webb is on her way into work to receive the case. We don't. This is this is how we get some exposition on the case. Is that she gets in her car and listens to the most unprofessional radio <laughs> journalist <laughs> DJs, whatever they are, right. in the world. Because the first pair of radio DJs are like, "Oh yeah," and Grace Waters or something or whatever her last name is. Grace Waters. Grace Waters is uh, her trial begins today for the murdering of her, the alleged murdering of her husband. And the other radio person chimes in with like, "Okay, hold on. We right. have to say allegedly." But come on now, we all know that she did it. And it's like, whoa. Right, yeah. (laughs) That is not how you journalist radio. Uh, continually, Jasmine. Jasmine is Brisha Webb's character. Jasmine is the lawyer. Continually, Jasmine is easily shaken, bad at confrontation, right? In unable to formulate any sort of argument, and re- like it's stalwart in her refusal to review documents. All mm-hmm. things you think would be crucial yeah. for a trial lawyer. <laughs> like she is just the worst lawyer Dude, ever. There are a lot of people in this movie who are bad at their jobs. They're so bad like, at terrible their at their jobs. Tyler Perry pay, plays her boss, and he's just like, just fucking get, sign the plea deal. Like, yeah, just sign it. Don't even try. Don't even do your job that I hired you for. Don't With do your job. Me don't and my bad, bad wig, awful wig. Yeah, coffee, <laughs> coffee. That, that's the, that's another uh, theme of this movie is just men shouting for things that they want. He shouts for coffee. Uh, <laughs> he, he does. There honestly, could be a T-shirt for <laughs> ashtray, bitch. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna contextualize that too much for you because it's a little bit of a spoiler, but As t- fuck spoilers. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, y'all get You're right. Look. This is your spoiler warning right now. We're about to spoil the entirety of Fall from Grace. If you really give a uh, shit about Ashtray. spoilers, I don't know what's wrong Ashtray, with you. Ashtray, bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Jasmine okay. falls in love with a purported art dealer, photographer, dude, and like it's all like. Who's played well, actually. He does what he can. Again, some people are trying. Trying and it's right. perplexing because right. it makes like it makes you you are frustrated that like I like yeah. have to watch you try in this utter garbage. I, I, I go so far as to say this even for uh, before you continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the actors are pretty decent. Uh, Zan, Sans, uh, Tyler Perry, and um, uh, the extra. 
<laughs> in the diner scene. But let's continue. We'll get to that. But yes, the the actors are putting on some solid performances with what they have, which makes it even extremely impressive. That's what's frustrating about it, though, right, is yeah. that it's not full tilt awful. Right, yeah. Like, some people are here trying to do good work against insurmountable <laughs> odds. They do no. not surmount these odds, no. y'all. Uh, <laughs> Mashad Brooks plays the husband that Grace marries, uh, and like it's all like very picturesque and perfect, but then he ends up being just like really not nice dude, and oh, he drinks beer and he smokes cigarettes. <laughs> in the house. In the house. And he's sitting on their bed drinking warm beer. Like he's got five beer bottles sitting next to him in his boxers. And he's just like, not a good, like he's poorly written. And against, uh, Mashad Brooks here is trying to infuse some semblance of intention into just this garbage fire of a script. And the scene culminates with her stomping out of the room. He's like, Ashtray. Ashtray, bitch! And it's like, what? Like, Tyler Perry was very clearly like, I don't know how to write a bad dude. Uh, how do I make a, a complex character that, like, right. you, like, hate, hate, that well, you love to hate? He doesn't oh, go to church. He doesn't go to church. <laughs> yep. He does not go to church, and uh, he shouts for ashtrays because he smokes the cigarettes. Oh, and he's got tattoos. That's how you know right, he's yeah, bad. Yep. He's got tattoos. Yep, and he drinks warm beer. And he drinks warm beer. <laughs> he's ashing in the bed, too. That can't be comfortable for your ass That's either, Dan. Th- yeah, come on. Come to your ass. You gotta, you gotta sleep there, nigga. <laughs> Why are you ashing your cigarette in the bed? Ian. <laughs> you don't gotta tell me. I can't. I can't. All right, while we're on this, let's talk about how fucking bad... People who are bad at their jobs. Jasmine's a shitty lawyer. Jasmine literally has to be told mid-trial that she can no longer call witnesses once she says the defense rests. Yeah. Like, the judge literally brings her... He's like, approach, approach my fucking bench. Right. And she's like, I'm going to call this witness. He's like, you can't. Like, that's the way a fucking trial right. works. Yeah, You're no, no longer... You have said rested. We are closing that's the it. arguments. That's you a wrap. can't call anybody. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. She refuses to the point where he's like, first of all, this judge is so patient. Oh, extremely patient with her. He he goes back and forth with her like at least five or six times before he's like, I'm going to hold you in fucking contempt. And she's like, I'm calling the witness. And it's like, like, you're not, though. Well, now I'm going to throw you in jail. Now your ass (laughs) is sitting in a fucking cell. Wait, can we talk about how she missed one of the key bits of evidence in the in her case? So one of the key bits of evidence is a phone call <laughs> made between Grace and her best friend. I think her best Sarah. friend's name is Sarah. Yep. Yep. Played by Felicia Rashad. Who's a gym. Who's, she does, again, she is trying and it's frustrating <laughs> to watch people try and never succeed. Right. Um, She's an acting legend and she's in like. And she's just, in this. Oh I know. We can't <laughs> unpack it all. Right. <laughs> There's so much to unpack here. But uh, there's a phone call on the night of the murder between Grace and Sarah. Right. And the <laughs> the attorney, the, the prosecutor, who, again, right. is another actor who's trying. Like, yeah. he's actually kind of good. He's cross-examining Sarah. She's on the stand. And he's like, you had a phone call with her, right? Like, oh, yeah, we talked for, like, 15 minutes. We talked about, like, he's like, what'd you talk about? He's like, oh, like, uh, church bake-offs and, like, feeding the homeless. And it's going to be so great. And he's like, well, this call record here says your talk was only two minutes. So what was it? 15 or two minutes? And then uh, Jasmine is like, oh, object- objection. 
action? We didn't have this in Discovery. Uh, folks who aren't familiar, Discovery is when both parties in a case get together and they're like, this will be the evidence that is permissible in the court of law. This is right. what we're going to use. They pull him up to the up to the pulpit and like the prosecutor's like, no, nah, this shit was in Discovery. Like we submitted it months ago. And she's like, well, I just got on the case three weeks ago. <laughs> and it's like the, uh, the, the judge looks at her appropriately like, yeah, motherfucker, that's your job. <laughs> Job. That's your job, and you didn't look at the call log from the night of the murder. Right. Like, yeah, not only that, but that's the only case you have to worry about. Like, that's it. Yeah, it's not like her desk is right. sunken in other, like, no. she was literally given one fucking job. <laughs> you had one fucking one job, job, Jasmine. Right. And you missed the, a big piece of evidence. I, I don't, I don't know. Astounding. I, I would shudder to think how many people she's actually got invicted and killed because of her... <laughs> incompetence right right while we're talking about incompetent jobs we gotta talk about her husband the cop oh, we gotta God. we gotta talk about the oh, cop we do that not we once, do we but do twice handcuffs someone gets distracted bends them over an object and says stay right there yep and walks away walks away walks away right. uh, <laughs> so this the, is real life y'all this is this yeah in the third act at the top of the third act twist we find out sarah's really the bad guy uh sarah to remind you is grace's best friend sarah's really the bad guy jasmine has figured it out and jasmine is in sarah's house wherein she has an entire basement full of elderly women that she has kidnapped like this I, it's such a fucking hard turn in the third act she has kidnapped a bunch of old women to essentially steal their like bank account information and their social security bullshit and it's like the most convoluted scheme ever Ever, and she has been working with Mashad Brooks, the ashtray bitch husband, <laughs> who supposedly, quote unquote, gets murdered to scam folks. Um, and so Jasmine's husband, I don't even remember his name, uh, hears that she is in trouble. Mid while halfway through arresting a perp, he is handcuffed to the perp. We don't know what this kid did. He's just arresting the dude, bends him over the car, and then climbs into his car while he leaves the guy handcuffed over his hood and is like, stay right there. And I, I, I immediately was like, oh, this dude's fucking running. Right. But he doesn't even get the chance to run nope. he leaves this dude handcuffed in a parking lot right. as he peels out in right. his car and okay so I, I i so my thought process is tyler was like we got to show him being a cop we got to show him being a cop sure you don't have to do that there or there's a more effective way of doing that he could just be doing paperwork at his desk sure. uh, he could be eating you know on the he could be the, having lunch he could be talking to a buddy of his he could actually have put the dude in his car that's what i was about to say like <laughs> that dropped is the him logical- police next step yeah you have already handcuffed right. this individual you right. are detaining him just put him in your car just put him in your fuck if okay the fucking editing is already choppy okay if he gets to the fucking house without the dude in there you know what fuck it by this point who cares at least you put him in the car okay what? but we need to get we need to get to the second instance of this exact same 100%. thing go ahead <laughs> just he arrives at sarah's house right sarah is there he's such a bad cop uh- sarah is there <laughs> she has gotten there <laughs> In between the time that, like, he's heard that Jasmine might be in trouble at Sarah's house and, like, him getting there. She's there. Like, her son, who is alive after being brutally beaten upside the head with a bat, making Mm -hmm. Grace think that she had murdered him. Right. The son is there. That's a whole other thing, too. That's a whole other thing. Yep. He has restrained Jasmine in the basement of the old lady dungeon. And, (laughs) like, the the cop husband is knocking on the door. Yeah. And Sarah answers the door. She's like, oh, no. Jasmine's not here. Sorry. And he tries 
tries to come in and she rightfully is like, do you have a warrant? And mm-hmm. he doesn't. So she closes the door in his uh-huh. face. He calls Jasmine's cell phone, which is on the kitchen table for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't We never yeah. see it get sat there as far as I know. Nope. <laughs> And it goes off in the kitchen table. I'm sorry, that's not probable cause for a cop to enter your place. Nope. He fucking kicks the door down. Oh, yeah. He brutally kicks He brutally it. kicks the door down, which, like, you know, like, fine. He was right about it. He doesn't know that he's right. Right. He then handcuffs Sarah, bends her over the table in very similar fashion to the gentleman he right. bent over the hood of his car, and he's like, stay there. Yep, that's it. Tells her to stay there. This person, who is very dangerous, by the way, and you've kind of put two to two together, yeah. and you just cuff her and tell her to stay you don't even cuff her to like a table or a chair or anything or you just what of course she runs out by the way spoiler alert, the movie ends with her her son dying and her escaping because all he did was handcuff her and leave her there to go fight in the basement yeah with a dude who has intense <laughs> head trauma yeah but you wouldn't know it because he's speaking properly he's upright he's he just has a headband around his fucking head yeah yeah also the cop takes a fucking frying pan to the head like a champ <laughs> He straight up does. She she takes. It's not even just like any like old pan. Right. It's a fucking cast iron <laughs> skillet. <laughs> She whacks him with it. She whack. I mean, like she with all the power that she has she hits puts him in the her body into it. Yeah, she throws her body through behind that hit. Yeah. and he just sort of like looks surprised. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, stop that. That's not okay." Right. You were supposed to sit there, like I told you. I just, yeah, it's fucking bonkers. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what's next? Uh, you want to talk about the boom mic? or what? <laughs> There are mics everywhere in this fucking movie. Um, I at one point asked myself, is Tyler Perry's domestic life okay? <laughs> the diner scene. <laughs> Oh my god, the diner scene is iconic for that weird white dude in the background who's not doing anything, but he keeps looking right. at the camera. Yeah, I know. Constantly. He's, drink, he's drinking air. He's not drinking actual water. No, and it's the most performative <laughs> dining I have ever seen. And also, they, they're at a diner, guys. A diner, like a Waffle House. Or like an IHOP, almost. Yes, so for for the first date, we right. should paint the picture a little bit. Okay, go Gra- for it. Grace has met right. um, Mashad Brooks, yeah, uh, and he, like, you know, is presented as this, like, very eccentric artist, very cool and knowledgeable, you know, and he's really into into Grace, and he's like, we should go out sometime, and so they go on a romantic first date in this flashback, as uh-huh. she's recounting Jasmine, the relationship. They go on this romantic first date to a fucking, like, in-and-out diner, <laughs> and they're sitting there, and they order white wine. <laughs> like, this entire movie reeks of, like, we want to set it here, Right. But instead, we need to set it here. Right. <laughs> like the first scene where the old lady is like jumps off the building should have probably been set on like a windowsill right. in New York. Like, right. That yeah. felt very much like what that was. It's right. like she's on the very ledge and he's like, hey, come back. But instead, they're on like a second story building. Right. This one felt like it was supposed to be set in some like, you know, hip New York restaurant. But instead, they're just at this little tiny diner and it's this very romantic first date. But it's just, it's not. Not. And I don't even remember what they talked about nope. because old white dude in the background was just so much more riveting to watch fake eating than either of them saying these trash lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
like, it was so much more interesting to watch him pantomime a drink of water yeah and then glance over at the camera and be like did i do it and then like st- he stares he doesn't even glance he like straight up looks at the camera for like right. seconds and like looks like a child waiting for the parent off stage to be like good job good. right very good and these two things are very easy to fix right okay so you don't have that high upscale hip uh bar and our restaurant so give them a beer or a, a coffee or they just drink water that's fine you know yeah. maybe even a line of texas like yeah you know i don't really like fancy stuff like that like i much prefer a diner and then they go to a diner and then they're there and they're just yucking it up preferably by a fucking window because i think that's a lot more dynamic than like in the middle of the fucking diner also Weird choice yeah get that fucking extra out of there he is distracting <laughs> so bad place him somewhere else place another he can still be in it place him somewhere else why did you not catch that who is the script supervisor who is the fucking guy in the ba- like you, you you cannot tell me that that was not distracting so at this point we need to ask ourselves is tyler perry clowning on folks to see just how much like he can get away with while still making nearly double his budget ah uh, dude i don't know or is he just that incompetent you know like like it's at some point the joke has to be on us do you mm. get what i'm saying yeah like we can all bemoan like his shortcomings as a filmmaker but when does he like pull the mask the reveal the heel turn of like and you were the villains the whole time for it's, coming to this movie right it's gotta be like maybe he just has a very solid movie where it's like actually really good and he's like haha i actually do know how to make a movie and we're like oh dude what the fuck it just it's literally with like yeah this movie was definitely made in five days as opposed to like wow this movie is made in five days right absolutely yeah. Yeah, so uh, this movie is trash and uh, done in five days. So, I mean, Ian, if you had to uh, give it a rating... Out of uh, five bad wigs, um, how many wigs <laughs> would you give this movie? Is it possible yeah. <laughs> to take wigs from other movies? Yeah, 100%. Do, so, like, if this were to be, like, negative two wigs, <laughs> but I also have to take off bad wig scores from, like, other movies that are also yeah. not great, but nowhere near, nowhere near as lesser as this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go allowed. ahead and I'm going to take a wig apiece. Uh-huh. From <laughs> boxed myself into a corner. Now right. I need to think of two bad movies that I. Um, oh, wait, that's easy. Uh, uh, quintuplets or not sure, quintuplets? Yeah, sex I'm gonna tuplets. Take, I'm gonna, actually, I'll just take both bad wigs from sex tuplets and okay. bring that brings sex tuplets down to one bad wig. Yeah. And God, no, three is still two bad wigs for sex tuplets. That brings sex tuplets down to zero bad wigs. Right. And. <laughs> Uh, this movie sitting firmly at a negative two wigs. Okay, wow. That's... Ben, how many bad wigs are you going to give a, a fall from grace? Okay, I will give a fall from grace um, zero bad wigs. I will, <laughs> out of five, um, let's see, uh, maybe negative negative five bad wigs. I'll go with the f- complete inverse. And I'll also throw mm. in um, two um, bad um, boom mic moments. There were easily <laughs> two. Yeah, so a uh, total of negative seven out of five. <laughs> Okay, so right. if you want to know who to blame for these bad wigs, my friends, uh, be sure to message your local Elijah Cohen, right. your local Andrea Davis, yep. your local Odiana Gibson, right. your local T. 
T.A. Henderson, mm. your local Alicia Miller, your right. local Charles Gregory Ross. How do you have this many hair people on your movie? Yeah, they can't get it right. You, you know, it's probably mostly Tyler Perry himself, though. He's just like, I don't care. Just give me the first thing I see. That's what we will take. Oh, thing. my God. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that that has been uh, Stream Theory. Do yourself a favor. Watch it if you uh, hate yourself and your life. <laughs> Or watch it because it is funny. You could probably make a, a drinking game out of it, which would be great. You know what? You could also just get drunk. <laughs> just gonna throw that out there. Like, yeah, you know, they you could get too. drunk and watch something you like. That's good. But you know what? I ain't here to tell you what do to do. I'm just you. here to review it for you. Do you? All right, let's uh, let's get into some trivia. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes some trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, we are here with trivia. Today we're going to do um, Tyler Perry uh, film trivia. Definitely haven't done that one before. Nope. All right. You want to go for it? I'll go first. Fine, why not? Go for it. All right. Viola Davis has been in many movies. What Tyler Perry movie was she in? Good. <laughs> Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Medea Goes to Jail, Sisters, or Why Did I Get Married? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what was the first one? Uh, the first one was Diary of a Mad sure. Black Woman. Okay. That was like his first film wouldn't it yeah i'm pretty sure whatever fuck it yeah that's it, what i'm going with medea goes to jail uh, okay for sure <laughs> that old jim that old <laughs> chestnut <laughs> that old chest- all right ben go ahead two medea films were actually slated to receive rated r ratings before they were edited down to pg-13 okay which two were they diary of a mad black woman and medea family reunion uh-huh <laughs> a medea christmas and medea's witness protection medea goes to jail and medea's family reunion reunion or Medea's family funeral and boo a Medea Halloween the last one yep that was uh, (laughs) fine congrats well played Oh, man. Rated R Tyler Perry movie. It was set to be rated R. One of the dudes who is apparently a Vietnam War vet, like the brother of Medea or something, Mm -hmm. it is not revealed in the actual film. But if you look at the production notes, it is said that he didn't lose his legs from being in the war. He lost his legs because he was caught sleeping with another man's wife. (laughs) There you go. Wow. That's a, that's <laughs> that's a, a lot. lot. Yep. That, I, be, I bet you that was something that definitely <laughs> hit the cutting room floor. That's like a movie that we need to see, I feel like. It's, that's a, yeah, quite a thriller. An that. interesting dynamic. Right, sure. yeah. Um, all right, here you go. What is Tyler Perry's highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I Can Do Bad All By Myself? Boo! <laughs> Medea <laughs> Halloween? Ah! <laughs> Four Colored Girls? Or Daddy's Little Girls? Um. The four color girls is that is that the is that the the play adaptation the play adaptation yes. yeah I'm gonna go for that because that play is actually really good you got good source material yeah. with that oh yeah you would think he ruined it no uh, it, I can do bad all myself has sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes it is fresh yeah so it's uh, uh, Taraji P Hansen twice no. away yeah twice there a day you go you said uh, you got another one for me here I do I do I have two more for you That's we can fine. skip one of them if we need to because okay. it's not super interesting uh, boo Amelia <laughs> Halloween. Made how much per a day of shooting? Two point, I just realized that I probably should give you answers. I looked at yeah, Charlie like, Speckle. Like, how much, Ben? Uh, $2.1 million. $20.7 million. $12.3 million. Or $4.6 million per day of shooting. The the least amount. The 2.1? Yeah. It was $12.3 million He's per a day of shooting. really rich. He shot it for in six days. And he shot it in six days? He shot it in six days. 
in gross total, it made $74 million domestic <sighs> and foreign. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Wow. Uh, just a little bonus. What is Tyler Perry's real name? Is it Emmett Perry Jr.? Is it Waylon Perry Jr.? Mm. Is it Gregory Perry? Or is it Albert Perry Jr.? Emirate. I know that one, actually. It is. It's Emmett. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go, folks. Uh, now That's you know a little it. bit more about Tyler Perry. I'm sure your life is so enriched. All right, let's, uh, let's log out of this motherfucker. <laughs> All right, that wraps up another episode. Next week's episode will be episode 50. That's crazy. 50 of these. But 49 right now. Let's not uh, count our egg chickens before they hatch. Yep. But climate change could get real serious this could, week, y'all. Yeah, could we really. could be in some like you know, podcasts will become ab- obsolete. Obsolete. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and you're gonna log off. So tell people what you're doing, Ian, and then where they can find you and stuff like that. My name, uh, you know, is Ian. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Ian Muntiner or yeah. at BabyGodNack. Uh, currently, not a lot going on. If you want to get cocktails downtown, you can find me between the hours of 3 and 10 at, at Fleming's. Have fun with that. Uh, otherwise, I'm working on a video essay. I did a rough draft. It's not great. It's going to require a lot of reworking, but I'm excited to share it with y'all. If you like Book Smart, mm-hmm. keep your eyes out. All right. Yeah, and uh, I'm Ben Jenkins. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can find me on Twitter at btjenkins91. You can also find me on Instagram at benvolio91. Um, yeah, right now, currently, I'm doing Titus Andronicus. Um, we are entering Tech Week, and it is going to be long. I'm not going to get much sleep. And, uh, yep, I'm looking forward to those 12 our days um but we officially well we open for with previews on the 13th which is next week um it's pay what you can um and then the 18th is when we will actually open open and that is on a tuesday so if you have the time you can purchase tickets at havenchicago.org the first show that you see titus andronicus you purchase tickets there um, if you're really close with me and you want to try to get comps, let me know. I'll try to hook you up with something or some type of discounts. I'll keep putting that out there in the ether. But please come and support. It's really cool. It, it explores racial dynamics. With, you know, um, most of the cast is black and a lot of black Romans in the show. It's kind of flipping the show on its head, and I think it works really well. So please come out and support. It's really cool, and I can't wait to share that with you guys. Um, but that being said, if you want to reach us, Too Many Flicks, you can reach us at, at Too Many Flicks on any social media platform. That's the number two and an X at the end. Again, that's the number two and an X at the end. You can also email us at, at Too Many at gmail.com. That's Too Many at gmail.com. And also, we're going to have a link for Patreon. You could uh, pledge for as little as a dollar, and there are other tiers there where we could do something special for you. We are happy to do that. Um, yeah, uh, we'll give you a shout out and we'll give you some love. Hoo hoo. Yeah, and um, guys, we we we'll, we'll watch some shit for you. We watched Fall from Grace and it was it was tough to get through. Um, mm-hmm. But guess what? We got you covered because that's what we do here at Too Many Flicks. We watch all of the flicks so that you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>